so if you listen to these in order, you will be listening to me sitting outside of a winery in Oregon last week uh, with makeup on my face and looking like any other thing in the world besides a box troll or a dirt urchin, which if you could see me now, I'm sitting inside of my dirty car outside of a brewery in Colton <laughs> and I am post hike and I am so sweaty and I fiddle faddled with this camelback that's new to me for like entirely way too long, embarrassingly long. Long enough that I like really considered just opening up the bladder itself and like trying to... <laughs> Can you picture a camelback and like the hole in which you fill up the bladder, like the water bladder itself? Like I'm just trying to envision like creating a straw out of my mouth and like trying to drink water out of that thing because that's how thirsty I was and I couldn't. And actually, if I'm being honest with you, I still can't really get the water out of there. Like, I feel like I have to entirely bite the tip off in order to like get a trickle of water out. Oh, what is my life? Anywho, <laughs> a couple of episodes back, um, we were talking about <clears throat> like transitional meals, transitioning into the fall and how this time of year, historically speaking, has always been my most favorite time of year in terms of, I mean, it's like my, I, I, I think I love all of the seasons for different reasons, but I do think that fall, if I had to choose a season is probably my most favorite season, but it's also my most favorite season for getting back into the kitchen and sort of restoring my own faith in my, I don't know, culinary creativeness. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I feel more creative in general this time of year, whether, whether that means that I'm writing more or I'm reading more. Um, like I, I feel like I'm just creating more. And so we also talked about how I used to keep a whiteboard in my kitchen of all of the things that I wanted to make or bake throughout the fall and then into the winter even. And I don't know, like I, you know, I've been thinking a lot about just transitions in general with the equinox and, um, with fall approaching and it's, it's, I feel like, I don't know, maybe you can relate anywhere across the country, but I definitely feel like in, in some ways there's like a very slow trickle into fall and then in other ways it's like a light switch, right? I mean, we a couple weeks ago, it was like well into the nineties, you know, pretty consistently every day, you know, 
in the seventies, in the mid seventies, by the time my kids woke up and we, you know, were getting ready for school and got them to school and that sort of thing. And now we're waking up and it's sitting, you know, in the low fifties. Sometimes it's like dipping into the high forties even. And I'm just like, holy shit. I feel like I went to Oregon and then I came back and now everybody has to wear like jackets to school in the morning, you know? Um, and I kind of, I kind of love that. I do not love that we experience all four seasons in Denver this time of year. Like it's pretty fucking chilly in the morning. And then it's like spring and nice by the time I drop the kids off. And then it's like hot in summer by the time it's three o'clock in the afternoon. And then like by 8 PM, you know, like we're back in actual fall. So, um, did I just make up an additional season? Spring, summer. Okay. No, I did it. Holy shit. <laughs> I was like, wait, how many seasons are there? Anyways, I was thinking about like, what it means to me and what it looks like just transitioning in general. And like some of the first things that come to mind are, um, uh, with my job and, um, being the owner of a micro bakery here in Denver, being at the farmer's market, I'm at city park farmer's market with my bakery, butter moon every Saturday from eight to one. And, you know, we are like very quickly approaching the very last month of this market. And I'm trying to like realize and identify the fact that this is something that I've done for the last four months and like how crazy that is to me. And soon that's not going to be a thing anymore. And how I'm going to transition back into like a business model that I was originally uh, working with. And that looked like essentially my, my clients picking up or opting to have their pastries delivered. Um, and it's like, I am saddened, you know, to like, think that I won't be directly in community every single Saturday with these people that I have like come to know and love and respect and build relationships with and just sort of like have a part of my routine you know? Um, but there's also this other side of me, you know, in terms of transition, that's like welcoming something new. And, um, I wouldn't necessarily call it uh, a much slower pace, you know, but it, um, it is a little bit new again. I mean, it's something that I've done, but I haven't necessarily done it at the location. And, I mean, the reality is, is that I'm not the same business owner and Buttermoon isn't necessarily the same bakery that it was almost a year ago, you know? So, and then the other thing that I've been thinking about is just like more noticeable transitions, like rebounding from vacation, you know, and like what that, what that looks like and the ways in which like we're impacted by that. And it was making me think about, you know, like how I showed up in the kitchen immediately having returned. So if you listened last week, um, we talked a lot about just like really simple divine quality food and meals that don't require like a lot of fuss and additives and preparation. And I mean, you're sort of just eating 
things as is. And they're pretty, pretty fucking close to like natural form. You know what I mean? And I found myself, um, kind of like leaning in and reaching for those things, you know, like we are rapidly approaching the end of tomato season and transitioning out of peach season already and landing into apple season and, um, Jade, um, one of the farmers, that's a neighbor of mine at the farmer's market gifted me a handful of like really beautiful heirloom tomatoes. And again, I mean, that's just like something that doesn't require like a lot of fuckery and like a lot of messing with, you know what I mean? Um, and I made like a really simple, like pasta salad dish with it. And I did have, like, I got some peaches that I threw in the refrigerator and, you know, like slice them for breakfast on our yogurt bowls that I make for me and the kids in the morning before school. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I found myself and I think that, I don't know. I think that I remember a pretty significant and distinct moment reading this book about this meal that this woman was creating for herself. And, you know, it was just like, you know, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And then like soon it was just like, I don't, do you know what I'm talking about? When you're like, how, when, when am I going to be able to create a meal out of like two or three things and have it like feel seemingly bougie, even though it's not bougie, it's just like quality foods as is. So anyways, I think that I'm like kind of cool and content with not overthinking things in the kitchen right now and sort of like using up like produce that is like not going to be as readily available to me and certainly not in the ways in which it tastes when you're getting it directly from Jade and her small farm in Brighton, Colorado. You know what I mean? I'm like, there's nothing like homegrown tomatoes. Let's just be honest with one another. Okay. And anyways, I also was like committed to not overthinking in the kitchen this week anyways. And that served me well. And if you know anything about me in real life, you know that that is not something that necessarily comes easy to me. And so I also took the opportunity to like, yeah, kind of start thinking about, you know, transitioning into fall again. You know, now we're actually here. It has arrived. We are technically in fall. Um, and my life has transitioned in big, deep and vast ways from a year ago right? I mean, the reality is, is like, I'm not going to be able to have a whiteboard in my kitchen. Although I do have a whiteboard in my kitchen, but I'm going to be mindful and taking it really easy on myself to not create this big daunting list of, you know, regardless of like how well intending it is and how much I really do want to make or bake you know, or create these certain things in the kitchen. I want to like pick 
a handful of things to make this fall that are new to me and feel, I don't know, I love doing new shit like that. I feel like it's good for your creativity in general. Um, but I also, you know, like I love, I love making new stuff. Like I'll never forget the first time that I made biscuits. I'll never forget the first time that I baked a loaf of bread. I'll never forget the first time that I made cinnamon rolls and I fucking hated them, but then I did it again and I loved it. You know what I mean? So, um, I'm curious to hear what are some things that you're making this fall or might be on your list of things to try to make? Um, I have actually always wanted to make babka and it feels really intimidating to me, although I have made other things that are similar, like, you know, same concept, same approachability, um, same structure, but for whatever reason, I like can't bring myself to do it. And also I can go to Rosenberg's and get really good babka. And so (laughs) there's also that where I'm like, and then that got me thinking about like, we need to do an episode about all of the things that like, is it actually worth it to make or should I just go out and get it? So I'm actually making a note of that right now. What, what is your list of foods that like, sure, in theory, it sounds like fun and exciting to do, but would I just be better served and even like, will I just eat better food if I just go and get it elsewhere? As I verbalize this, I think I'm just going to, I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm just going to continue buying Bobka for now. But um, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to just like the newness of fall and the newness of produce. The reality is, is that like, you know, while we may in theory only have a month left of the farmer's market that I'm at, um, that's still like, that's a tremendous amount of time to have access to, you know, conscious local, like homegrown produce. I mean, like that's huge. You know what I mean? Whether it's like squash or apples or, um, I'm actually trying to think like historically and I'm not a farmer and I actually never tried to grow them because after the research that I did when I did have a garden, like growing Brussels sprouts is apparently a pain in the ass in Colorado. And if this is, if you're like, I grow Brussels sprouts, you're out of your fucking mind. Please feel free to drag me and call me out because I'm super curious. But anyways, like I want to buy a big ass stock of Brussels sprouts at my farmer's market, even though there's like three people, two and a half people in my home. Um, but I do like, if you still have access to a farmer's market that is, I don't know, as well set up and as, as well equipped as mine, you know, I'm like, 
keep going. Like we still have such a long way to go and our farmers need us as they also transition their operations and their lives and their livelihood into the fall. And so I would love to encourage all of you to not necessarily give up if you don't have to. I'm like, keep, keep going keep getting your produce and your pastries and your kombucha and your cocktail kits from Nectar at your local's farmer's market. Even, yeah, as we like transition into a new season. And now we'll transition into transitioning into answering some of your questions from your emails that I got this week. Starting with Katie in Maryland says, Hey Ava, I noticed that you always pack cute lunches for Scarlett for school. I'm already running out of ideas and we're only a month in. Any suggestions would be helpful. Katie in Maryland. <laughs> First of all, thank you. I don't know if it's the lunch itself that is cute or if it's the fact that she has like a cute bento box type situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if it's the lunch itself. Um, and also here's like a hard reality check just for other parents, uh, working parents, stay at home parents, like Scarlett wants to eat lunch at school. <laughs> um, I mean like get her lunch from school, you know what I mean? And I believe that her dad allows her to do that when she's with him, which is fine by me, whatever. But it's like as a former stay at home parent, it's one of those like small things that I sort of cling to that feel like important to me and intimate to me. And like, who knows, maybe come December, I'm like, fucking eat the macaroni and cheese at school. I don't care. But until then, like I find a teensy bit of joy. I actually find quite a bit of joy in like assembling her lunch. I usually don't time it well. And I'm like trying to assemble it as I'm trying to make dinner as Maddox is like literally biting at my heels because that's usually his grouchy time of day. Um, and so that is not always joyful, but just to reiterate, I don't know how cute her lunch is or if it's the lunchbox because bless that girl's cotton socks. It's damn near the same lunch every single day with like really slight variation. Okay. So like, I wish that I could actually think of, I don't know if I follow any specifically, maybe feeding littles do, on Instagram. Do they do cute lunches or is this just like food and kid related account. Anyways, there are like literally a million people on social media that like fucking nail kids lunches. Okay. Like they are hella creative and doing all sorts of things that I can't and will not do. I mean, they're cutting shapes out and shit. Okay. I actually like have considered and continue to forget, um, getting like cute, like small, tiny cookie cutters or you know what I'm saying for like cutting out cheese slices or fruit or whatever. Also that's ambitious as fuck for me right now. Like I can't, like I'm trying to picture like Maddox in the carrier or on my hip and like cutting out cheese into flowers at any rate. 
I am flattered and honored. <laughs> you think that Scarlett's lunches are cute, but the reality is, is that like oftentimes it's either an extension of, uh, the hashtag snack plates we do at home. Okay. So usually like some kind of handful of nuts, uh, berries, you know, like, um, maybe some turkey roll up type situations, a little cheese. Um, she has like a, a big love for pickles and olives. She's like her mama. So there's usually some things like that in there or there's like salami and cheddar sandwich and like a little bit of hummus and carrots, some kind of fruit situation. Um, there is peanut butter and jelly. I mean, when I tell you that it's not hella cute, it's not hella cute. Today, uh, we really got wild and did a salami and cheddar sandwich. And then I swapped out the hummus for the Tessame's avocado ranch, which I'm actually a big fan of. Um, it's like some of their brands of ranch are, or styles of ranch are like the only positive thing that came to me from Whole30 and doing Whole30, uh, like a mil, a, a million times. Um, like just, just so we're all clear, I do not demonize regular ranch, get at your hidden valley. There's a time and place for that, but I really do love Tessame's avocado ranch. Anywho. Man, I wish I felt like I was being more helpful to you and I do not feel hella helpful. Um, leftovers, like I made a pasta salad earlier this week like, that I referenced, right? Whack some pasta salad in there. I try to, and this is a real new concept for me, um, just like in my personal life, uh, in my professional life, but especially in like the life that pertains to my specific motherhood is to knock my shit off and to be less committed to like kicking my own teeth in and to like let some of that shit go, man. I mean, like if your kids will eat sandwiches, pack them a fucking sandwich. Okay. Like I have had big, huge Pinterest moments in my life specifically for my kids and I am choosing to let some of that go. So again, I say don't overcomplicate things. Think of like if you were going to go to a restaurant and eat a snack plate, AKA like a charcuterie board. And if your kid will like, I don't know, kids love snacky shit. My kids love snacky shit. And so do I. Okay. So, and if I can make something that's pretty well-rounded, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, we eat all of the food groups. So if we're doing like a little bit of cheese, a little bit of meat, um, some kind of veg, a little bit of fruit, some crackers, and then like some brinier pickled things like my, I don't know, man, my family is going to be happy. I hope that that helps you. I hope that you're not like, that was not helpful. I was looking for like cute fucking sushi nori roll-ups that I'm not your girl. Maybe, maybe in another lifetime today. I'm not your girl. Another question is, um, I grew a bunch of pie pumpkins, but I don't want to just make pie. I don't think. Do you have any other ideas? Um, lucky for you. I also grew pie pumpkins when I had a garden. Um, and I loved them. And if you grow squash or pumpkins 
or anything that exists in that family, you know that you like get hella volunteer crop, at least the fuck I did, especially because my compost bin was so close to my actual garden. I mean, pumpkins are just like crazy town. And so last year I had a lot and even the year before that, which was my, I believe my first year growing them, I had a ton of pie pumpkins. And just to like shoot real straight with you, roast those things, put them in the blender and just freeze it. Like break them down that way. I feel like if you um, don't do that, and maybe you already know this, but if you are like staring at all these pie pumpkins and trying to like assign each individual pumpkin to a thing, don't do that. <clears throat> Excuse me. I would spend like an afternoon roasting and then pureeing and putting into <clears throat> some sort of like reusable freezer situation of your choosing, uh, label them, you know, what the weight was or the cup quantity and go from there. Uh, in terms of what else you can make besides pie, uh, muffins, pumpkin bread. You could do hand pies, which are also pie, but also cuter. Um, I've made pumpkin scones for myself and also for my business. Um, and then also like you can do like a lot of really beautiful, like savory things, which, um, where I'm actually going to piggyback off of the next question that I, that I got, but um, filled pasta, risotto. Um, I feel like, yeah, I mean, there are, there are lots of things to, don't, don't box yourself into like pumpkin pie. I'm trying to think if I love pumpkin pie. I actually don't know. I think it's actually probably been a number of years since I've had pumpkin pie, and I really love when I have these realizations as I'm recording because I wonder if it's annoying for you guys to listen to me be like, uh, but anyways, I don't remember the last time I had a pumpkin pie y'all, but like I'm a crust person, right? Like I love a bottom and a top crust situation. And so I'm going to love whipped cream. I don't know if I love pumpkin pie. Don't put yourself in a box. There are like, a, a, I mean, you can make pumpkin cookies. I remember doing that actually. Um, they come out a little bit cakier, but I put some like uh, dark chocolate chunks in there and those were pretty cool. Uh, I also made like some pumpkin type, like breakfast kind of cookie type situation uh, last year. Um, yeah, no, I feel like there are like a million, a million ways that you can go with pumpkin, but I, that's what I would do. I would just roast it, puree it and start there. And that way you just like have it at your liege. You know what I'm saying? Um, so the next question is actually, Hey, I'm having people over in a couple of weeks and I want to make a vegetarian dish that is peak fall. Do you have any recommendations for a crowd? Yes. Like pumpkin risotto. And man, I love the opportunity to bang on about risotto so much, but also if you're ambitious enough, um, you could do like a filled pasta. And even if you're not feeling super ambitious, I feel like there's room here for like, um, 
pasta with sort of like a pumpkin cream sauce with like maybe, I mean, maybe it doesn't even have to be cream based. You could do like a brown butter type situation, uh, toasted walnuts, sage, uh, a little pecorino. That's, that's, that's like immediately where I go to. I think when I think of like fall and vegetables or fall and pumpkin, I think like kind of savory, which is interesting because I do have a sweet tooth, but I love like the pumpkin brown butter sage marriage. I love that polyamorous relationship for them and also for me. Um, and yeah, I think I really do. I kind of think that that is where where I would start and go. I'm trying to also think in regards to like the pumpkin risotto, like same, same approach. And also if everybody, I mean, I don't know if everybody is vegetarian there, but then that also leaves room for preparing like a, like a protein, a meat on the side. You know what I'm saying? So don't overthink it. Um, cheers to gathering cheers to this equinox in transitioning and cheers to your hella pumpkin hella vegetarian meal that you'll be serving i wish y'all well and i'll catch up with you next week